Hello, and welcome to the Graceful and Gritty podcast. My name is Sydney. I'm your host. I'm a wife, business owner, lifelong learner, and follower of Jesus. I was born and raised in Colorado and live here with my wonderful husband of six years. I'm passionate about people and have a knack for business. My hope is that we can learn together about doing life with grace and grit. We'll talk about all things life from faith and finance to business and balance. My prayer is that this will be a place of help, encouragement, honest conversation, and authentic growth. Thank you for joining me. Hi, friends. I hope that you are having a great week so far. Um, I'm a day later than I usually like to uh, launch the podcast for the week, but I've had um, the second worst migraine of my life and it lasted about six days straight and just broke early this morning. So I'm still a little bit in the recovery mode. Um, excited to be back up on my feet and be able to get back into the swing of things again. So I'm a little bit behind, but trying to get caught up with everything. Um, little update, the chickens are good. In the last episode that I recorded with Drew, you heard uh, lots of noise and cheeping and squawking <laughs> in the background. That was my chickens because we got little baby chicks and they started in the bathroom with the heat lamp and um, just to make sure that they were contained and warm enough. And then, um, well, we started with 12 and then I got six more and then Drew got six more. So now we've doubled the size of our flock. <laughs> and once they were, they didn't need as much heat, we moved them out into the living room, into bigger, um, cages. Cause they started first in like little cardboard boxes and that worked when they were really little and now they're getting bigger. So we moved them into cages in the living room again, with heat lamps and everything. And so that was last week's adventure was having them in the living room with lots of squawking. We've got three pet rabbits and the rabbits were absolutely fascinated. They could not figure out what in the world was going on with these strange feathered creatures that invaded their space. So that was pretty funny, um, high quality entertainment going on there. So if you heard a lot of cheeping in the background of last week's podcast, that's what all that ruckus was going on. Um, but we were able to migrate them into the garage. So now the dogs are fascinated by these curious winged creatures, um, except for I think they look at them more like a snack than anything else. And so the chickens are now in the garage. There should not be massive amounts of squawking and cheeping and, and lots of bird noises in this podcast. Um, and then it's still getting down to freezing at night here in Colorado. And so we're probably going to keep them in the garage probably for a couple more weeks. I want to get through uh, this Easter weekend and see where we're at after that. Typically, we'll have one last freeze or snow or big storm before Mother's Day here in Colorado. So trying to work around that um, and making sure that they're warm and safe. And so that's an update on the chickens. Uh, Today's podcast, we do not have Drew joining us. So we're going to, we'll just pick up that kind of story wherever we left off um, in our theme for year three, but I wanted to pivot a little bit and just talk about valleys. Um, this podcast is probably going to be a little bit heavier, so just put on your seatbelt and buckle up for that. Uh, we will wade back out of the really deep waters here in a bit, but I just, I was doing, um, my daily reading and in the Bible, and when I do my daily reading, the rhythm that I found that really works well for me is to read a psalm, read one proverb, read 
something from the Old Testament and read something from the New Testament. And usually I go through books in order. Just it helps my brain keep everything on track. Um, and I was reading in Psalm 84 the other day, and I got into this whole fascinating study that um, has to do with valleys. And so I just wanted to share some of the things that I've been learning in the last couple of weeks that have really um, just encouraged my soul and helped me to stay the course. Um, I will say in the last few weeks since relaunching the podcast, there have been so many people reaching out and sharing hurts and burdens and uh, the over overcoming of those things. But it's been such an uh, such a blessing and an opportunity to join with you in prayer. Um, I know some of you are carrying heavy, heavy burdens. Uh, I'm not going to share specifics on here, but some of you reached out to me with just overwhelming valleys, things that you're facing that you're going through or reaching out um, with friends that are going through things or, or family members and just seeking ways to help and up uplift them. And I'm sure that there are many, many, many more of you that haven't reached out or said anything, um, which is absolutely fine, but are also facing huge challenges and huge burdens. And so uh, today I just wanted to talk about valleys because I was um, reading in Psalm 84 and the things that I have found there have, I'm just so excited to share them with you today. So we are going to jump right in. There's I, there's so much more that I want to share than we're going to have time for or than I've gotten to study yet today. Um, so today we're going to look at three different valleys in the Bible, what they mean to us, how we can overcome them and get through them, and uh, what God says about them. So uh, just to give a little bit of context for the first one, back in Bible times, there was a valley nicknamed Baca. Its location today is not certain, although scholars and historians tend to believe it was probably one of two valleys, either the Valley of Rephaim or the Valley of Achor. And the, the nickname or the word Baca means weeping or tears in Hebrew. So there was an actual valley in Bible times, and the historians and scholars haven't nailed down which one exactly it was, but it was either Rephaim or Achor, and the nickname for that valley was the Valley of Baca, and the word Baca means weeping or tears, and the way that it got its nickname, it said that that valley was filled with balsam trees. It's, uh, if you've ever seen balsa wood, it's a thick, curly, um, really beautiful wood, but this is the valley where all those trees grew, and when the sap would run, it would bring all of the sap to the surface, and it would run down the trees. It would make them look like they were crying or like they were weeping, and that's where this nickname came from. And so often in the Bible, God gives us incredibly beautiful illustrations that help our finite minds understand and wrap around his infinite love and goodness. And this one in Psalm chapter 84, I think is especially sweet. Um, and so before I read that to you, I just, the valley of weeping, the valley of tears, I don't know what you're going through or what you're facing or what your challenge is. Um, but grief is uh, just a part of life. We all experience it. It touches every single one of us in different ways, perhaps, but we all face it. We all will face it. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. There are some griefs that I carry that I still can't even talk about, even to the people who are closest to me. 
Uh, there are some hurts that even after time are still too raw to get near. I can't touch them. I can't look at them without losing it, without breaking down and weeping and grieving. And grieving is a process. I think that it's something that we try to rush through or as children of God say, you know, God is good and everything's going to be fine and, you know, eternity is secure and all those things are true, but it doesn't make grief any less grief. And it doesn't make that process any less of a process. Now we have God to go through it with us and that makes all the difference in the world. Um, but let, let me explain about, there are some griefs that I carry that I, the deeper it is, the bigger it is, the more I'm hurt. Um, it goes really deep and it's hard for me to process and to heal and just like we don't expect every different physical wound to heal in the same time frame or the same way, we can't expect our heart hurts to always heal in the same way or the same time frame either. And, and we all have those hurts. Maybe they're fresh, maybe they're older. And at some point we have to face them and we have to, we have to start the healing process. But sometimes there's a time where it, we just sit on it and we just wait. Um, for the worst of it to pass. And we all we all have those hurts. But thankfully, if we are a child of God, then we have a best friend, or he should be, who is our healer. He's our comforter, and he's the lover of our souls. And uh, so with that, I'm just going to read you a couple of verses out of Psalm 84. And we can jump into some of the beautiful picture that God paints for us in his word. Uh, Psalm 84, verse 5 through 7 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well, and rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. So the first valley that we're looking at today is the valley of weeping. Maybe your heart is broken, or you are overwhelmed with grief, or your spirit is sore. Maybe there's a trial or a valley that you're walking through um, that nobody else knows about. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe it's struggles in your marriage. Maybe it's family relationships. Uh, maybe it's death. Maybe it's broken relationships or losing. A, maybe it's the death of a dream. Um but the first valley that we're looking at is this valley of weeping. And know this, child of God, you are blessed if your source of strength is found in the Lord. In verse 6, it says, we are blessed. It says, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. And so there's a very strong correlation in this psalm where it's talking about strength, even in the valley of tears, or even when you're walking through weeping and grieving. And and where is that strength found? That strength is found in the Lord. It says, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them. Um, just, just like children of God and just like children of the world, we are all going to face trials and, and brokenness and, and things that are not in our control. So in this valley, in the valley of weeping, is when we walk through things that are outside of our control when life happens to us and it's hard and it's fierce and it's hurting and it feels like it's ripping us apart. And there are seasons like that. And the Bible says that as a child of God, when we walk through the valley of weeping, it says that our strength is found in God. 
And so in that season, if you are in that season or you're in that valley or you're trying to help somebody who is, that's the first thing to know is that you um, you don't have to rely on your strength because maybe you have none. And you can't re- rely on your putting everything back together because you can't because it's broken and it's too big. Um, so the first thing is that we are blessed. We are blessed with strength that is not, not our own. Um, but also, I think the second thing that really popped out to me in that verse is that it's a season. It says passing through the valley. We're not camped here. We are not living here forever. This is not our abode. Maybe we are passing through the valley of weeping and tears, but we don't live here. We don't belong here. We don't stop here. So if you are broken and you're hurting today, don't set up tent. Don't set up camp. Don't start chopping down those balsa trees and building a house. Um, this is a season. You're supposed to pass through this and come out on the other side. And and maybe it's so big and so painful that you can't imagine what the other side looks like. But child of God, I promise you it's there. And I promise you that this is a season and that it's one that we are supposed to pass through. It's not permanent. It's one that we're walking through the valley. Don't put up a tent. Don't camp there. That's what you're not supposed to do there. We're supposed to just be passing through. Um, But here's the really good part. Not only is it just a season, not only are we just passing through, the Bible also teaches us that the power is found, our strength is found in him. And we're not supposed to build a house, but we are supposed to build something. We are supposed to build a well. In verse six, it says, who says, who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. Um, In this season, we are supposed to go deep into the word of God. We're supposed to gain strength from his provision and to go from strength to strength. Um, In order for those trees to grow strong and healthy in that valley, they had to have water. They had to have a well. And, And we are all going to pass through seasons of grief and sorrow and breaking. And the proper response isn't to camp there, isn't to live there. It's to find our strength in the Lord, to understand that even in this season, we are blessed and we're supposed to build wells. We're supposed to build wells that the rain's going to fill up with water so that those roots, our roots, can go deep into the being of God and who he is and what he has done for us. Um, In Psalm 30, verse 5, it says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And that's a promise that God gives his children. So I don't know what you're facing or what valley you're in that's not of your own making. But it's brokenness and there's weeping and there's bitterness and there's tears there. Know that you are blessed, child of God, because you do not have to go through this alone. You get to go from strength to strength. You get to lean in on him when you have nothing left of yourself. The second thing, we are, we're just passing through. We're not camping here. We're not living here. This is a journey. And maybe this is a hard, difficult trail in the, this journey. But this is not the end. This is a time. So don't, don't put down roots here. Don't live here. Don't build a house here. Um, dig a well. The Bible says that we're supposed to dig a well, go deep in the word of God, drink of his everlasting life, and lean into the strength that only he can give you in this valley. So the first valley is the Valley of Baca. The second valley that I want to look at, and and these are in no particular order, but the second valley that I was studying that this kind of uh, my devotion led me into was the Valley of the Shadow of Death, which is also found 
in Psalms. And it's a familiar valley to us because we're all very familiar with Psalm chapter 23. Most of us could quote it from start to finish. Um, There's just one verse, though, that I wanted to look at, and that's the one that talks about um, the valley. And it says in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I think if the first valley is a valley of our of our, not our doing, it's one that we find ourselves in through external circumstances and storms and the trials of life. This valley is one that everyone goes through. Uh, regardless of circumstances, life choices, lot in life, station, job, family, success, or failure, it doesn't matter. The valley of the shadow of death is one that will touch every one of us in our lives, uh, whether we are saved or unsaved. Um, And it's a familiar valley. It's one that we talk about. It's a verse that we often have memorized. Um, and, and this was written. So a little, I gave you a little bit of context for where the Valley of Baca was, what the meaning was. This valley um, is equally as interesting because David wrote Psalm 23. David wasn't only the boy who killed Goliath. He wasn't only the mighty king of Israel who defeated his enemies. He wasn't only the father of the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon. King David was also a brilliant songwriter, musician, and a skilled harpist. He, like Jesus, used many word pictures and known places in his music. He tied his music into life and and the culture of the day, much like songwriters do now. And the Valley of the Shadow of Death that he refers to is thought to be a place called the Wadi Kelt. And it's found in the desolate Judean wilderness and runs from outside of Jerusalem and down to Jericho. So it runs south into the wilderness. And it's said that in some of the most desolate parts of this crevice that the sun only shines down to the very bottom when the sun is at its height. It's at the very height of noon and that's when the sun can get into the crevices of from the highest peak. And and some historical events believed to have taken place there include David's conflict when his son Absalom tried to kill him, which gives an even richer meaning to Psalm 23. Because when David is writing this and he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I can't imagine a darker place to be than if I had a child that was trying to murder me and I was on the run for my life and I was passing through this valley um, that the sun only shined at the at the peak of the day. And all, all the rest of the time it was cold and shadowed and dark. Um, and and I, if that doesn't bring the word of God to life and the words that David is, David is writing, then I don't know what will. But that's one of the historical events that's thought to have happened in the proverbial shadow valley of the shadow of death that David writes about in Psalm 23. A couple of the other ones that were really fascinating to me was the story of the Good Samaritan. And even um, besides that one, it was when Jesus traveled from Jericho up to Jerusalem. And so there's so much rich history in this passage that isn't just about the valley, but it's about the history behind the valley and why it was written, um, those words so long ago, by King David. 
And here's the thing. We are all eternal beings. The Bible teaches us that our souls live forever. The question is where? Um, in eternal life or in eternal death? Because we all have a beginning. We all have a birth. We were created in the womb. The Bible says that we were knit together in the womb. And, and so we all have a beginning, but we never have an ending. After birth, we are eternal creatures. We may have a we may have a beginning, but we we have no ending. It's just a matter of if we're going to experience eternal life with God in heaven or eternal death with Satan in hell. And whether or not we like that, the Bible says it. And so uh, we have to understand that teaching and embrace it, even if it's uncomfortable. And thankfully, if we are saved, God promises that our soul is going to learn live in eternal life. So here's the thing. People who do not have eternal life, whose souls are dead, their soul is going to pass through the shadow, through death. Not the valley of the shadow of death. They're going to experience eternal death. As a child of God, when we're passing through that valley, we are simply passing through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, I think the best way I can describe it is... Let's pretend you are in a dark alleyway and you're trying to get to the other side. And all of a sudden, this brute of a man walks into the alley. He's huge. He's absolutely massive. And there's some guy walking down the same alley and the brute turns to him and starts just beating him up. He's going through it. And and there's a little bit of light shining from a light a lamp post on the corner. And you are walking and you walk behind this massive brute. But his shadow is cast your way. You will not be touched. Your The shadow cannot harm you. It cannot lay its hands on you. It cannot bring pain to you. And you walk through that valley, through that shadow and safely to the other side. Now, some of you uh, may think that maybe it would be better if we helped the other guy out. But just for purposes of this illustration, we're just trying to get through, through the alley, okay? <laughs> to the other side. And the other guy... He's not in the shadow. He is experiencing this brute of a man beating him up. And eternal death is like that. Now, now you have to understand analogies. We're going to have gaps. We're going to have things that we can't. When we're talking about eternal concepts and infinite concepts and concepts that have no beginning and no end, which is which is who God is and what he's created, we are never going to have a perfect picture or understanding here on earth. Our brains aren't capable of it. Our understanding is not capable of it. And so any analogy that's given is going to have weaknesses and things that don't line up and questions that are left unanswered. Just go with it because we're not going to be able to touch the infinites of God with our simple minds. But those pictures help. And we see in the way David wrote about the valley of the shadow of death. And he understood that, hey, we may be passing through the valley of the shadow of death, but death can't touch us. It cannot harm us. It cannot take our lives because our eternal eternity is secured as a child of God. If we've accepted Jesus' gift of salvation that he paid for us on the cross. And so David was talking about the valley of the shadow of death. We will walk under that shadow in order to pass over when I, we leave our bodies behind and our soul is freed. But we can do that with fearless courage because the Lord's rod and staff guide and comfort us. If you're not sure what walking through that valley would look like or if you would have to walk through 
actual death or the valley of the shadow of death, you need to get that settled today. If you know, though, you can rest in that no matter what happens and no matter what comes. And so now we've talked about the valley of Baca, and that happens when unforeseen, uncontrolled circumstances happen to us. We've talked about the valley of the shadow of death and how we all experience it, although differently based on the certainty of our eternal souls. And the third and final valley is the valley that I want to look at today is the valley of Achor. And that's found in Hosea chapter 2. Hosea is writing to the wayward, stubborn, disobedient Israelites, the people, the chosen people of God, the apple of God's eye, and he's warning them of God's judgment if they continue down the path they're on. Um, They were in a hostile land and they had assimilated in with the people. They were worshiping false gods, committing all kinds of, um, they were comfortable in their sin. They were, they were really, really comfortable in the sin that they were living in. And God sent Hosea to be um, a lighthouse before they crashed against their ship against the rocks and there was no turning back. And Hosea is, um, in this passage, he's sharing a message from God and God's offering them a way off that path and out of the way of judgment. So the verse in, and that's a little bit of the context. He's, he's giving her, God through Hosea is giving Israel the outcomes of the path that they are on. And so the, the judgment that's going to be turned upon them. But in chapter two, verse, well, I thought it was verse 15. Okay, perfect. It is chapter 2, verse 15. It's um, kind of mid-sentence, so it's easy to get lost. But um, basically, God's saying, I want to take you out of this land and out from among these people, and I want to make you mine. I want to restore you. I want to heal you. I want to put you back together again. And he's listing all the things that are going to happen if they stay on the path that they're on. But he's also sharing with them the healing and the restoration that he can bring if they're willing to come out uh, from the people and from the sin that they're living in and join with him. So it kind of starts mid-sentence and it says, I will give her vineyards from thence and the valley of Achor for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth and as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. So this next valley is the valley of Achor. The word Achor means trouble. This valley historically was close to Jericho, and many believe that it may have even been near or in like a side valley of the valley of the shadow of death. So the last one we talked about, it was near there, which I find fascinating being able to put um, physical places to the stories in the Bible that we read about is um, so fascinating. But um, in the Valley of Trouble, so the Valley of Achor is where we find trouble that we've gotten ourselves into. So if the Valley of Baca is the one that we find ourselves in through the course of life and, and happenings outside of our control and grief that comes our way, the Valley of Achor is one that comes about because we get ourselves into trouble. Just like the children of Israel, we get comfortable in our sin. Um, we get comfortable with our life. We get complacent. We make excuses for the sin in our lives or for the wrong choices that we're making. And from time to time, we find ourselves in the valley of trouble. 
And, and that's where we find that, that we've got, we've done that to ourselves. And just like with the children of Israel, God offers a way out. And it's interesting to me because he says, um, and I will give her vineyards from thence and the Valley of Achor for a door of hope. So how is, how is trouble linking to hope? Because here's the thing. We may have to face some consequences for our actions because God, even though God offers us hope and God offers us a path off where we don't have to continue on the road that we're on, we can, we can exit. There's an exit off of that interstate. Um, we do not always escape the consequences of our own bad actions. And so many times people in life get themselves into really bad places. They get themselves into the valley of trouble where judgment is coming and they're in a really bad spot and there's really not any good answers. And God comes alongside and says, Hey, I may not be able to save you from the consequences of your actions, but I can give you a new path. We can walk a new road and you can come out on the other side. And, and there is nothing there is nothing so egregious or any valley or any decision or any failure, any sin so dark that God cannot lead us out, even if we got ourselves into it in the first place. Sometimes we make bad decisions willfully. We sin. We choose the wrong thing. Um, but God still offers hope and restoration with him. And we see that in this valley of trouble where the children of Israel had made the wrong decisions, that allied with the wrong people, they'd been led into sin. They were choosing, um, you know, it, it just talks about all these, they were worshiping Baal and they were being uh, unfaithful to their spouses. And they were, um, it says they were playing the harlot and they were selling everything that they had to, to worship this. And it says that, um, she was naked in a dry land and her children were being slain with thirst. And so there was definite judgment and consequences for the sin. But God says, I love you and I want to redeem you. I want to call you out. And the way out is through the valley of Achor. And that's that's another interesting thing because the valley of Achor is the valley of trouble. It's the consequences of our actions. It's facing up. It's manning up. It's acknowledging that we have failed, that we can't save ourselves, that we've back, we've painted ourselves into a corner and we cannot get out. And God says, look, there's a way out, but it's not going to be easy. It's called the valley of trouble. We're going to face some consequences. We're going to have to fix some things. We're going to have to repair some things. We're going to have to repent and turn away from the evil that we've been doing. And then here's the most incredible part. He says, I will give her vineyards from thence and the valley. I will give her the valley of Acor for a door of hope. So maybe you have to face, maybe you're facing hardship. Maybe you are in a deep, dark valley and maybe you created it yourself. And so you're sitting there and you're saying, there's no reason God should come get me out. I did this to myself. But just like we're not supposed to build a house in the valley of weeping, we're not supposed to build a house in the Valley of Acor either. We're not supposed to live there. We can come out. We can crawl to the other side and God can help us. And he gives us a path through it. And it's called hope. It's called the door of hope. Um, maybe you are in a valley right now. Maybe it's heavy, dark, overwhelming. But this we know God offers us a door of hope. It doesn't matter if we're there because of external circumstances or because of our own, own choices. Um, he offers us, 
in the valley of trouble, the one we get ourselves into, he offers us a way out by turning from ourselves to him. In the valley of the shadow of death, the one we all go through, he offers us a way out by turning from ourselves and to him. In the valley of weeping, the one we go through because of things outside our control, we can find hope and go from strength to strength. So it doesn't matter what valley you're in, whether your heart is broken because of life and storms and grief and things that are happening, or whether it's a valley of your own making because of poor poor choices and poor decisions and sin, God offers us a way out, and that's by turning to Him. And it's called the door of hope. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that I've ever read or seen or heard in my entire life. And I've never looked at it before until I started doing this study on the valleys. And it has rejuvenated my soul because, um, I mean, it's not a huge valley, but this last week with this migraine has laid me out flat. I haven't been able to function right in nearly a week. And um, for somebody who's a goer and a doer, that's just rough. Uh, And again, in the grand scheme of things, it's a little baby valley, and I know that, but it still wears on you, and it runs down your soul, and it makes you tired and frustrated and um, feel weak and useless and all the things that we don't like. And in that valley is when I started reading about the Valley of Tears and how God says, hey, dig some wells, go deep in the pure word of God, um, take in the water, build those roots. Don't don't stop and build a house there because you're going to go from strength to strength. Um, and that applies to the big, huge valleys that we can't get through on our own. Um, and then the ones that we get ourselves into and we have to face the consequences of our actions, we can still turn to God and he says, hey, Here's a path off. Here's a door of hope that you can walk through. So whatever valley you're in, whatever you're facing, whether it's of your own doing or external, God is with you if you're a child of his and he offers you the door of hope. That hope will lead you home. That hope will lead you out. So believe it, grab onto it and trust it because you can trust the one who gives it with every fiber of your being. So hopefully that's a help and an encouragement to you. I was excited about the study. I'm excited to keep it going. Um, If you can share or like or comment or leave a review on the podcast, that helps us as we continue to grow. Uh, We've almost doubled in size every week since we launched, which is great, exciting growth. Uh, We're able to touch more people that way and hopefully be a blessing and share some of these lessons that God is teaching us along the way. Again, I love hearing from you. You can connect with me anywhere in the outro that it says. For those of you that have reached out, I am praying for you. I have you on my list and I'm um, being faithful to do that because I don't want to, I don't want to make a promise that I'm not keeping and I don't want to be disingenuous. I'm not praying every single day, Um, but your, your names are down in my book and I am praying for you at least twice a week. And I just want you to know that you are in my heart. I'm grateful for you. And uh, if you're facing big things, just know that God is there and he offers us that door of hope. So I will talk to you again next week and I hope you have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to the Graceful and Gritty podcast. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or by email at gracefulandgritty at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.